I break kids, step into my zone, mad rhymes will stifle ya. Lines like rifles go blast when I kick some ass. A lot of rappers be like one-time wonders. Couldn't say a fly rhyme if there was one right under their noses. I hate those motherfucking poses, but I'm so real to them it's scary. And with my unique skills, nah, you can't compare me. And no, we don't make whack tracks. And all the suckers get pushed back when I'm kicking real facts. I represent, set up shit like a tech boy. You're paranoid because you're a son like Elroy. And you'd be happy as hell to get a... I'm joined here with Mr. John Boss. John, how you doing this morning? I am doing just fine. Ready to talk some more salary cap. Absolutely. Absolutely. So last time we had you on, we talked some trades. We talked startup strategy. Now we're getting into the real nitty gritty kind of stuff. The commissioner topics how to set up a league want to talk about a couple of points of contention because there's i set up my leagues very differently than you do and so i i want to get your thoughts on kind of the logic behind some of the things you use in your leagues and uh the people that are listening in that want to get into a salary cap league i think this could be very beneficial for them picking and choosing what they want to add and subtract and uh how they want to go about it uh, before we do that, just want to mention um, that uh, you can find us on Twitter at FFSalaryCaptain. Um, you can hit us up there with any questions. If you have any commissioner questions or if you want to uh, just shoot us a quick message in regards to like a trade or something, we're happy to answer those. Uh, John, where can they find you on Twitter? I am at John Bosch FF. Uh, and if you want to hear more of my voice, you can listen to me on Dynasty Game Night and Dynasty Wall Street, which is hosted on the Dynasty Trade Calculator pod feed. Yeah, those are both really good shows. Definitely go check him out. Um, I'm, I'm starting to get into the uh, to the game night. It's really amazing <laughs> how you come up with this stuff. <laughs> I can't, uh, yeah, it, it's very impressive. And I, it's, I am terrible at it because <laughs> I try to play along like on my, in, on my ride home from work. I'm not very good, but it is interesting to hear you guys go back and forth. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely a unique podcast. There's I don't know that there's anything else out there like it, which is yeah. which is good, which is yeah. and it's fun too. And it is we good. have a good we have a good time on that show for sure. Nice man, nice. Well, let's jump right into it, man. Like so I, I want to start off with probably the biggest decision that I've had to um I've had to make deciding when starting up a new league is how am I gonna do it? Um, you know, I use MFL, you mm-hmm. use my fantasy league and, um, they're probably the most, um, accepting of different league formats. And, um, I've never tried out RSO reality sports online. I know they specialize in, you know, claiming that they're the authentic NFL type free agency and all this kind of stuff. Have you tried out RSO? What do you think of it? If you have. Oh, I have. Uh, I have tried RSO out. I was in a league a couple of years ago. Uh, the league ended up folding, unfortunately. I liked it. And if you're looking for kind of an easy, <laughs> convenient way to run a salary cap league, RSO is probably the way to go. Uh, they have all the programming in there, you know, for things like cuts, the amount of money that you save based on that stuff. But it's a little more restrictive, too, um, you know, because it's formatted. It's formatted, so you can't. It's not as customizable as what you can do when you're working with my fantasy league and then offline. So, if you want something that's less commission intensive, 
go RSO. <laughs> if you're willing to spend hours and hours and hours and hours and days of your time right. running the league, <laughs> then you can customize it however you want and use my fantasy league. I mean, that's they're both good options. I, I enjoyed the league on RSO. Uh, you know, it's it's different than how I run mine. But if you're looking for a salary cap league, it's definitely a way to get into it. So I, I've got a question since since I'm not familiar with RSO very much. You make you said that it's pre-formatted. So what is it that's that that they restrict? Is it like the amount of money you're saving? Like how 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 does it exactly work? How is it different? Well, at least the league that I was in, I mean, like we had draft picks and it was a scaled, you know, the contracts were scaled based on that, which I'm not a super big fan of. I kind of like the free market when the draft picks come in uh, and let the market determine how much that rookie should get paid, not just based on solely where they get drafted. Uh, So that was one thing. And I mean, just the like the percentage of money saved based on when somebody has cut that wasn't flexible at the time. I don't know. Maybe they've updated. I I'm not sure, but uh, at least at the time it wasn't, that kind of thing wasn't flexible. It was basically just when a guy is cut and he has three years left, this is the percentages that it works through. Okay. And there was no way to adjust anything like that. So, I mean, it's fine, but you're, you're playing by their rules basically, which is, which is fine. Yeah. When I, I, I actually went to RSO first when I wanted to set up our salary cap league about three years ago and what I didn't like is that I I don't like the standard setup. One QB, yeah. two running back, two receiver, one tight end, a couple flex defense kicker. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to have a tight end premium. I wanted to have super flex. I wanted to have open flex spots. And um, that's one thing I found that they were limiting and they wouldn't. I, I wrote an email to the guy that, that runs the thing and he's like, yeah, we're not really interested in you know adding those kind of things at the moment mm-hmm. so we ended up using mfl and i going on to mfl i run my league 100 percent on their site so i don't have i have another i have another spreadsheet that i use just to help me keep track of when free agents come up mm-hmm. so i can plan my roster building around that but you use google sheets for everything yeah, well, that's because the uh, the first pers- I can't unfortunately I can't program the way that I have players being cut. I can't program that into MFL, okay. um, which means I would have to go in and do manual adjustments because in the leagues I run, if a guy is cut based on retirement or mm-hmm. injured reserve, it's a different kind of cut than if he's just uh, I call it a productivity cut. You know, he's not doing well for you, so you cut him. Uh, it's a, it's a different percentage of money that is saved against the cap in the leagues that I run. So if I have to go in and manually adjust it on my fantasy league, I figure I might as well just keep it tracked manually and everybody can visualize it and see it offline anyways. You know, it's easy if if I'm going to have to do a manual adjustment, I might as well do a manual adjustment on a sheet that everybody has access to at all times. So, I mean, Makes unfortunately, sense. unfortunately, you get used to it. If, if you could ever program all that stuff, even on the My Fantasy League, that'd be awesome. But I, as far as great. I know, it's basically like there's a lot of things where if you cut, you can set up the percentage that it's going to be taken into account in the amount yep. of years, year penalties and stuff. But yeah, but they don't have different types of cuts available. Right. right. So. 
Yeah, I do. That's one thing I wish that they could implement maybe in the future because I do go in every time somebody's cut and I manually adjust. Yeah, so you and have to make a manual adjustment anyway. I do. <laughs> I do, but... You know, I um, I think we were talking about this last time. We just like kind of briefly mentioned it. I'm just not like the best in the Google Sheets trying to like format all this stuff. So I would be adjusting it either way. Yep. But for somebody that is, I mean, I, you know, uh, I just jumped into your league and I would definitely recommend if you have the, you know, the prowess on Excel and Google Sheets, that's definitely a good way to go. Um, if it's not too hard to set up, or if you're willing to put it in the time, it seems like it saves time down the down the road. Yeah, it definitely does. And if you look on, you know, when a team for when you're making that manual adjustment on my fantasy league, I'm pretty sure it just shows like the total manual adjustment at the end. It doesn't show like each individual player's adjustment. Is that right? Because I'm in one salary cap league where the commissioner does it all on my fantasy league and right. goes in and manually adjusts. And it just shows like, you know, negative 57, whatever. Correct. Uh, at the bottom of it. But it doesn't say, you know, 40 of this came from this player, 17 came from this player. It just shows the total. So uh, it does. I, so it, it doesn't from for the owner, but the, for the commissioner, it does. It itemizes oh, it. Okay. So as, as the commissioner, I'll go in. And, and people that may not be in a salary cap league thinks we're, think we're probably <laughs> talking Chinese right now. Um, what Basically, what we're talking about is when a player has a contract that's, let's say, $100 out of a $1,000 cap, and he's dropped... He has maybe, um, you know, every league has a setup to where something is penalized to that owner. That I mean, in, in, if you're not, then it's not really a salary cap league. It's more of a contract league, right, where there's no, you know. Um, so what we're talking about is, you know, when that happens, how do you account for that in the total cap and the accounting that goes into it? So MFL does itemize it. And they can tell me as the commissioner, this person was dropped. This was the penalty. And so what I've done to kind of make it a little bit easier on myself, I do a, I delete the contract hit if it's under $100. It's a, we have a $10,000 cap, and I don't carry penalties into each year. So that's also one thing that's, that's kind of easy for me. Um, but I do multiply the years times the drop penalty, which... We have 35%. We're going to probably bump that up to 50% this year. Um, and so if you have like a $1,500 player, you drop them, 35% of that, I round it down to 100, uh, to the nearest 100. And if it's, a, if it's a small player, it just, I can delete all those adjustments. I can do like seven or eight at a time, and it's not too much of a time suck for me. The first time around, it definitely was. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's just how I do it. Um, I wonder it's, why it's not uh, visual to, you know, it's made, I'm, I wonder why it's not itemized to the owners. That's and a it's good only question. itemized to the commission. Cause I mean, that's one of the biggest yeah. drawbacks I see to it is, well, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like, right. I don't like not knowing, you know, each individual little thing. I do want to know each individual little thing. So yep. I end up tracking, you know, even for the one that is run by somebody else on there, I track it offline for myself to make sure that all the itemized things add up to the right number. <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So, um, yeah, it, it, the commissioner has more access to it, uh, to everything. And so, yeah, that's, that is something that um, I wish they could make it transparent for everybody. But 
people just trust that I'm doing, <laughs> you know, what I'm supposed to do. And even though I've got all this backend access and stuff, that's just kind of, um, uh, it makes it, it made it easy for me because it's one site I have to, to mess with. And I've got all, all kinds of other Google sheets and stuff that I use, um, for other things, but, um, definitely have to trust your commission. You do salary cap league because you your commissioner is going to be doing more work in this league than any other league. <laughs> and you yeah. have to trust that they're, and you have to stay on top of them. I mean, yeah. uh, like, you know, since you've joined the league that I, one of the leagues I run, you've seen, yeah. I don't update everything instantly, but I do eventually get to it and update yeah. it. And, yeah. you know, and if I don't, then I expect the owner to say, uh, Hey, you haven't updated this yet. Right. And maybe I missed an email. You never know. It, it does happen. I get, plenty of emails from my fantasy league announcing trades. So, yep. well, you're going to get your workout. I think this off season, cause <laughs> <laughs> I am fast and furiously trying to make some adjustments, even though with the way you set up your league, it's a, it's a little bit tougher than it is for um, like the one I do. And um, that's, that's one thing I wanted to get into too, is the um, um, some of the main differences. So you, you have a high, penalty for when you drop a player at 75 percent my leagues are my leagues are unforgiving brutal (laughs) yes and i think that's cool i and i definitely you know and having been um you know playing salary cap for a couple years now i'm cool with that like because i know what kind of mistakes can be made but how how hard would it be let's say somebody's listening to this show and has a normal dynasty league has their buddies that they play how hard would it be to transition a traditional league to a salary cap league? And do you think that that's maybe going to the other extreme or would you prefer you kind of work it in um, with a smaller penalty and then escalate from there once people kind of get settled? Do you, think, you mean how, I feel how like do you, you would tra- lose a lot of owners? I, I don't think you can transition a league from dynasty to salary cap. I mean, I just don't. If you're talking about moving a league from one yeah. format to the other... They're yeah. two totally different formats. So they are. I, I think if, if there's a dynasty league that wants to play in a salary cap league, you should just start up. Now, how do you transition the mentality? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there's, you know, there it's a, it's a totally different format. That's like saying, right. how would you transition from playing redraft to playing DFS? Right. They're kind of similar. They're both right. in the realm of fantasy football. Right. But they are two totally different types of fantasy football. And I mean, to me, salary cap is totally different than redraft. It's totally different than dynasty. Yeah. It's somewhere kind of a blend of the two. Yeah. But there's no way to transition from one format to another format for me. I mean, yeah. I know there's plenty of people that have gone like, you know, redraft and then they, ah, let's do a keeper. And then they slowly can build to a dynasty. Mm hmm just start a new league. I mean, right. <laughs> just, <Yeah. laughs> that's, just play in another league. You're, that's a good point. I've never, I've never taken a league from one to the other format, but you know, I know there's some, some, some people might try to do something like that, but that's great advice. Just start it up from scratch. Um, you know, let's get into a couple of different aspects of salary cap leagues and kind of some differences tags let's kind of touch on that real quick so i use a franchise tag and i used a restricted free agent tag Mm -hmm. every owner in our league has one it's a 14 teamer and the way i set mine up the franchise tag is 1.5 uh 
the salary, that current player's salary, you get them for one year. And you can do it as many times as you want until it gets too expensive. And then we have a restricted free agent tag to where you can assign that tag to one player that's coming up on a contract and they enter a separate auction with everybody else, uh, with all the other owners and whoever players they tag. And whatever the highest bid is, you have an option to retain the rights to that player to match the bid. That's how I have mine set up. So you also have a franchise tag, and then you have some uh, reserve the rights to um, to players as well. Walk us through real quick, kind of what you use and the benefits um, for yeah, so, uh, each one. Uh, we don't have a restricted free agent tag, uh, but we do have something similar. Uh, so for the leagues that I run, if you sign a guy off the waiver wire prior to week ten. You get what we termed first rights for him next year. So it, it's very similar to the what you described where, you know, he goes in an auction and somebody can match. Basically, when this guy's contract is signed during the next year's rookie free agent auction, that person that has the rights to him can come in and just match it and say, I'll take that contract. And then they just get the player. Uh, now, in order to qualify for that, again, you have to have them signed by week 10 in our league, and they have to remain on your roster for the rest of the year. So you can't just sign somebody in week seven and then cut them in week 12. You don't retain rights for that person then. Week 10, we picked because it was you know close enough to the end of the regular season for us because our playoffs start in week 14. Uh, but we didn't want people to have to go. We, we want people to use a roster spot to get that player, mm-hmm. whether they know if, you know, by week 13, if we waited till then, everybody that's out of the playoffs would just completely gut their entire roster and put, pick up nobody, you know, just pick up everybody off the waiver wire. Right. So we wanted to prevent that. So week 10 was just kind of an arbitrary uh, date that we kind of worked out that felt right. And it's worked out pretty yeah. well. Uh, it's always fun right before week 10. There, There's definitely guys getting cut. Uh, and guys mm-hmm. getting picked up that people are trying to pick up just to have that advantage. And it's it's not even a huge advantage, but it's a small advantage at which people yeah. like to have. Yeah. Um, so people definitely make a play to get a couple of guys. You know, you see injured guys that just sit there all year. Yeah. Boy, they get picked up before week 10. Yeah. Somebody wants to have the rights to them, especially guys that are because of the way that we fully refund the cap hit. Uh, if somebody gets like IR cut. Um, so was it last year, two years ago when Aaron Rodgers went on IR, right? Was that 20, uh, 2016, whatever year he he was on IR 17, but yeah, whatever year. Yeah. It was 2017. That would be two years ago now. Cause last year was 2018 at this point. Okay. So yeah, when he got got put on IR, I mean, his owner immediately cut him because I think he was coming up on his free agent year anyways. And then he went and re-signed him because he just wanted to have the rights to him. So, I mean, he, he cut him and then signed him again, but it gave so, him that small advantage how, of right, getting so him back. T- let's, uh, let's quick break that down for me real quick. Cause our, how do you pick up a free agent in your, in, in your league? How, how, how can that actually, how can that happen mid season where Andrew, Aaron Rodgers is able to be picked up? So for ours, we cap the waiver wire pickups at current year only. You can't okay. sign a guy for two years, three years, four years off the waiver wire. Okay. Anybody off the waiver wire is guaranteed to be in next year's free agent rookie auction. Right. That's that's 100% guaranteed. 
Um, so basically, if a, anybody that's available, you only get them for that year. The way mm -hmm. that we do it, we just do blind bid. Uh, whatever right. you have, a, whatever you have left in your, in your cap, cap space, space. Yep. Okay. is what you have going is blind bid. So if you were, it, you know, we have a two hundred dollar cap. Yep. So if you have one hundred and seventy five dollars in cap already, you have twenty five sitting in your blind bid to bid on. Mm -hmm. And so it's not an auction at that point. It's just a daily. We run it daily. Uh, I think I have rules where like on Sunday, if you need a pickup, you can do it, but it's going to be an right. automatic $5 million hit because that's a pain in my ass. <laughs> uh, so I'd rather people, you know, think for themselves and get it done ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Plus they can usually get a guy on Sunday morning for free if they've put it in the day before. Um, so just don't wait till the last minute and you don't have to pay that basically yeah. penalty. Um, you did talk about franchise tags. Did you have any more questions about the, uh, how we set that one up? Or are we um, good to go to franchise tags? Yeah. Well, before before I do that, so I think we we set our we set up our waiver waiver blind bid pretty similar. It's your the remainder of your cap. That's what you're using. And I use a hard a strict hard cap during the season. And we expand. We give you an, an extra ten percent during excuse me during the off season. Um, but we had uh, we had some players uh, some owners do salary dumps kind of at the end of year one to where they're like, okay, I can get rid of this guy's contract and it's, you know, I'm going to end up taking a huge hit, but they ended up doing it and, you know, people were able to bid on it. It just created a whole crazy frenzy. So we have a, a rule in place to where you cannot, um, uh, you cannot re-sign a guy for like a multi-year deal after week eight. And week eight was, I wanted to do like week six, but week eight was just kind of like the you know, the, um, the consensus people wanted to push it to like week 10 and 12. I thought that was way too late. Um, so it's kind of like the same thing, except for you don't get first rights to anybody. You just get the, an opportunity to sign him to like a two year deal. If you feel like he's worth that. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's go to franchise tags. So franchise tags in your league, uh, I explained kind of how it works in mine. How, how is it set up in yours? So the initial league that I formed, I didn't even have franchise tags, uh, because we were a group of redraft players and we wanted to keep mm -hmm. the player pool strong every year. So okay. we kind of thought anything that limits the player pool, you know, we, we don't really want to do that. And franchise tags were, we didn't really want them at first. Uh, as the years went on, we kind of started to realize, okay, this is more fun keeping guys. Uh, so we've even instituted a franchise tag there and all of my new leagues have it now, but they're expensive. Um, mm. the, I don't really want people to just, have a guy, you know, like you said, you increased to 150% of the previous salary. If you get a steal on a guy, which yep. can often happen in a salary cap league, yep. because at the end of an auction, there's guys that you, you're just going to get for the minimum value because half of the league is out of money. Right. Uh, and they're already at their cap. They can't bid. And if other people are bidding on a couple of other players, you know, you can see it, whether they're, whether there's talk of it or not, it becomes an unspoken thing. Hey, don't bump my guy. I'm not going to bump your, you know, just right. let's let right. all these guys just kind of float Get through. Real cheap. It's, it's <laughs> just what happens in any auction at the end of it. If you're around at the end, you're either going to pay a way too much money for like the one last really good asset, mm -hmm. or you're going to get a bunch of guys that just kind of skate through cheap. If right. it's anything where money carries over or there's a, you know, a cap, some sort of an impact and an advantage to not spending all of your money. Um, so 
I don't really like the idea of those guys that get picked off for real cheap, becoming a franchise player and just being able to remain so dirt cheap forever. Uh, you know, I like that advantage, but I don't think that really reflects what even the franchise player is in the NFL. You know, sure. the, the franchise player in the NFL, that guy's getting paid a lot of money. Um, so, and, and some of them can jump from, you know, the low round rookie contract to, you know, if you're a third or fourth round rookie and you actually hit big and you become the franchise player, that's a huge raise. That's something that I think the salary cap should reflect. So ours, I think it's the average of the top three. Is that, uh, that's what I have it set up for right 110% now. 110% right? of the average of the top three players. 110% of the average. So <laughs> they're not, they're not expensive. Yeah. They're Just not likely going to context. It would be 50, million out of a 200 million dollar cap to sign a quarterback yeah. uh Sierra's well, this is four, four, 14 team super flex i mean quarterbacks go at a premium in that league and what were the who were the top three i think aaron Rodgers is probably Rogers. there at like yeah. 48 so i mean yeah you know it, but imagine patrick mahomes he's probably on a pretty cheap deal mm-hmm. this year because mm-hmm. he was signed before last year so we'll take patrick mahomes for example Right now, he's on a contract of $23 million a year, which is a wow. fantastic contract. Again, yeah. like we talked about, you know, the other guys are uh, Rodgers was 48. That's super expensive. Uh, Tom Brady was 39 and Andrew Luck was 45. So that was the highest of 2018. Those are the highest price contracts. So let's say Mahomes was coming up for free agency right now and somebody wanted to franchise him. It's going to cost them $48.5 million to do so, which is a heck of a jump. Uh, but he's probably well worth it. If he hit the free market, right. he would go for at least that. I have no doubt that Mahomes would go for at least that. Whereas, like in your setup, if you only go 150%, that's only, what, like $34, $35 million? So that that's still a pretty significant raise, but... I don't think that would be his market value. If he were to make it to the market, he would make way more than that. So that's yeah. kind of how I have it set up to be reflective. And I also, I, I want it to be hard for somebody to choose that path mm-hmm. uh, because it, it puts the player back in the player pool, which is more fun. It gives you the option to prevent that guy from getting into the player pool. But you know, for that amount of money, you can let him get back in and maybe you're going to get him at a cheaper price than what his franchise cost would be. If Mahomes went back in, I don't know that he'd be cheaper than 48 and a half. <laughs> I, he might reach that 50 mark. He might be the, he might be the player that would go there yeah. in this particular setup. So, so that's why, that's why we do our franchise tags pretty harshly keeps the player turnover. And uh, I don't want it to be easy. I don't think anything in the salary cap league should come easy. Every contract you sign it should be a decision. Do I really want this? And for how long do I want this guy? I mean, that's, You're brutal, that's dude. It I is. Like it. <laughs> it, should, it should be brutal. I like it, though. I like it. It should not you know, be a forgiving format. <laughs> we, so we have, I mean, a little bit of a different philosophy. I mean, the tags, they're limited to one per team. Um, for me, I didn't really, I, I know I know for a fact it was going to benefit uh, people that had taken a couple shots on inexpensive players um, and, and that's, I was totally fine with that, uh, because, and, you know, we're three years in right now 
None of the franchise tag players have been franchise tagged twice, which is kind of interesting. Um, and it, be, it creates a tradable asset for teams to give to somebody that over spent on let's say eight players has 90 percent of their cap already tied up for like the next three or four years hey i'll give you you know i have three of these guys i'll give you one of them for one of your rookie picks or something like that um it was it was a valuable asset and it's actually helped a couple of teams um you know get a little bit of a better mix of value players and over like super expensive players um so it's just just a little bit of a different philosophy. It's still not uh, like a total cheat code because I'm not allowing anybody to trade um, franchise tag. Like I can't franchise tag two players because I trading I'm trading you for that right. Um, it's only one per team, and a, half the play, half the teams don't actually use it because they don't have anybody where it makes financial sense to do it. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Is there any how other? Do you, tag- how do you prevent somebody mm-hmm. from working out? one of those you know backroom deals where they're like hey i'll trade you this guy if you franchise him and then you uh, i'll trade him you know this for this franchise him and then trade him back to me and i'll give you this plus back you know to basically you know what i'm saying how they could there is a way to kind of work around it and i don't even know if that's collusion because i don't know that there's you could that's fine i I wouldn't i wouldn't it wouldn't bother me i don't think um that's that's totally cool. Um, you just have to really have trust with that owner that he's not right. you're not just getting somebody super cheap and then you're like, well, you know, now that he's on my team, yeah, now <laughs> I have him and I franchised him. Right, yeah, I don't really want that. I don't right. really want that back. And uh, the plus that we in exchange of of some kind of a value, and that's yeah. that's it's not a. I don't really think it's that much of something I would really really care to worry about. We haven't had uh, an instance to where somebody got a guy that was like a top 10 player, ended up being a top 10 player and then franchise tagged him. Um, you know, I've got Lindsay on a, I think it's a, yeah, 4% contract right now that I'm thinking about. Do I want to franchise tag him for six or do I want to let him walk? I don't know. Um, I think I'd franchise him. <laughs> uh, it just, I don't know. I. It seems pretty cheap. It does, but... I also have Allen with, with at like twelve percent, mm. so I'm I'm actually thinking of um, doing a restricted free agent tag on Lindsay because I don't think he'll go for very much money, and then giving him an, a longer term deal instead of waiting for him to do it again, and then having to really pay up for him next off season when he is still like a top twelve running back. I I feel like his value is more like a mid running back to running back low end running back to yeah. wait till he gets way up to where he might end up next off season. It might not make sense for me long-term. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> it's close, but that's what makes, that's what makes yeah, trying to figure out this because like, you want, you want the pair, but yeah. you want to get the pair for the cheapest combination of price. True. Uh, yep. so you, and that's that's what makes these leagues fun. Right now, people are like, "What the hell are they talking about?" I know, right? But, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, so you have to figure out which which tag is the most effective for each player. Yeah. But how do you use them together to get the most effective combination? Actually, it's not just right. it's not just which one works best for each player. It's which one works best for each player, and then the combination overall. 
Yeah. And that's the huge aspect of it. Yeah. Um, so let's jump into one other topic that um, we're, we're going to, I don't know how much time you got today, but uh, I have a couple of items I wanted to talk to you about. Um, let's jump into rookie picks. Okay. So um, in, in, in the league that I run, rookie picks are extremely valuable. Um, I wanted my league to feel like a dynasty league. Um, so where rookie picks are, are valuable and the way I have it set up is 5% for first round picks, 4%, 3%. And then it goes down from there to like the fourth round. So it caps. It's absolutely not like a free market strategy. I get that. Um, Players in the second, third, and fourth round, they're limited to a four and then a three-year contract. And I think in the fourth round, we're probably going to end up doing a two-year contract um, coming up this year. Um, so you're not going to get them for a super long term unless it's a top three pick and then you have five years to that player. Um, that's just how we have it set up. It's not a dollar amount. I know like in some leagues, like uh, capitalist pigs and stuff, rookie picks are equated to a dollar amount and they go into your... Um, you know, to your bankroll, but in a cap league, I don't know how that would really work because um, we don't do an auction. We do a draft. Yeah. So huh, my, my initial league and the league that you've joined, there's no rookie draft there. The right. rookies just they're They're on the market at the same time. The free agents are, if you want them, you pay for them. But right. you also get some that are super cheap then, too. So yep. my newest cap league I have actually broke down, and I do have a one-round rookie draft that'll take place. Um, and you'll, you know, so there'll be 14 picks. You don't even have to make your pick because, again, since I'm not a forgiving person, it's not that cheap of a contract. If you take the 101, the contract's 15%, or I'm sorry, 15 million, which is 7.5%. Um, what I ended up looking back at, and I threw Saquon Barkley out and I looked at like a lot of the other rookies and mm-hmm. what they got signed for. And this came to be, uh, I came up with a scale and then I lessened it slightly so that the people that are at the bottom of a league have the advantage. Cause I wanted to give a little bit of an advantage because in a salary cap league, it can be tough <laughs> to get sure. from the bottom to the top. If you're in a bad spot, if you've put yourself in a bad spot, it can be tough to get out of it. And I don't want people to, I don't ever want people to hate the league because of it. And I, I think in some of my leagues, there are people that feel that they can't compete for two or three years. Now, granted it's because of their own doing. Um, right. <laughs> but I don't want to, I don't want them to, to leave the league over it. And nobody has, I mean, fortunately that's not been the reason that anybody's left, but uh, I don't want it to be the reason. So you'll, you'll be able to pick these rookies, but you'll only be able to sign them to two or three year deals. There's only going to be 14 of them. Uh, Every other rookie will just be in the free agent auction and they'll go at whatever their free market price is and they can go for more years. So if you take a guy, you're going to have him at maybe a lower price. The rookie draft will take place before the rookie auction. So you also won't really know where this is going to slot in. So if you're picking it like the 10, let's say the 108, that's yeah. you're going to sign a guy to an 11 and a half million dollar deal. You can choose two or three years looking at this year's class. I mean, the one Oh eight is that's a tear break after, you know, mm-hmm. where you're going to be, where you are going to be 
thinking you want, you know, like the impact guys, you know, for right. right now we're thinking the top six or maybe the impact. So one Oh eight, maybe you don't want to spend 11 and a half million dollars on this guy. Yeah. You're, you're, you are allowed to just say, I'm skipping my pick. And then you keep that 11 and a half million in cap for the rookie auction. Maybe the same guy that you wanted at one Oh eight actually doesn't get picked at all. And maybe you can sign him for, you know, eight or 9 million and then lock him in for four years. So it's a, <laughs> I, I still want the freedom to be able to do whatever you want, but I'm trying to figure out a way to give a, a small advantage to those that put themselves behind the eight ball. It's, right. And if you don't have room to make, if you don't have the cap space to make the pick, mm-hmm. then you can't make it at all. So right. then you have to trade it away to somebody who does and everybody will be able to see they're only trading it because they can't afford it. So the value of that pick right. is not going to be fantastic. Um, That's what I was going to ask. It, it's how, another variable. How are those picks valued? Knowing that you have to pay basically market price for a rookie, which is a risk inherently. You know, yeah. not all rookies pan out. Not all top five rookies pan out. Like there's two out of every five that are not going to be worth that money. So how how do how do how are they valued? Are they even a valuable asset, or are they just oh I have the one hundred and one and it's a valuable asset? How does that I, how does that exactly work? Because in our league, <laughs> rookie picks are gold. Like uh, yeah, they because are, they're, like, they signed to us because they're cheap. Super, yeah, super cheap contract. They're cheap. You can get them for a long period of time. Like there's still risk involved, but because of the dollar value equated to those picks, they're well worth it. And so you do have those teams that are struggling that have an opportunity to really change the outlook of their team in one off season. Like somebody could get the one could get Saquon Barkley, and even though they have you know a couple of high priced veteran contract veteran guys that aren't producing or they have injuries and that kind of thing, a couple of good rookie picks makes a huge difference. So you know for for me um, for me I like that setup, um, but. It is interesting. This is going to be the first time I'm playing in in the setup with with yours with like the total open market strategy rookies and veterans combined and everything like that. And it it, it should be interesting. I will say just blanket statement: there really isn't one way to do this. No, like, definitely not. There's so many different salary cap leagues and setups, um, and it's really interesting. I mean, you know, commissioners usually have a good pulse on their league. In the first place. So if you have a group of friends that you're trying to, you know, get to join, you can tweak this to cater to what, uh, you know, the different people that you have joining your league. So it's fun for everybody. Yeah. As for how rookie, rookie picks are going to be valued. I have no idea. Uh, I have, I mean, I'm looking through some of the contracts that were signed in a very similar setup last year. Uh, Calvin Ridley, kind of popped out. He was signed for four years, $7 million in a free market in a 14 team super flex. If you were looking at the 2018 draft class, I have a feeling he probably would have gone maybe like at the 114 or so, uh, probably towards that back end. You know, he had been after all of the quarterbacks after the running backs, after DJ Moore, after, you know, he, so he would have been towards the end of it. It, it would seem like to me, which would put him, at like eight and a half million. So it might not even be an advantage, but of course you're guaranteed to have him. And that's $7 million right now. That's a darn good contract on him. 
Yeah. I mean, he outperformed that price by a ton. So maybe somebody would have taken him at 114 and gotten him for eight and a half, a little bit more expensive, but it still would have been a good contract. But I mean, there's plenty of examples where looking at what people spent, they spent a lot more than what they're, than what the guy would have gone, you know, on a slotted basis in the yeah, in an auction. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it's going to offer some advantage. I think they will have some value. I don't think they're ever going to have the value of a guy that's already signed to a very good contract. Right. It, it, those, that is what is gold in a salary cap yeah, league. Absolutely. If you have a guy locked in to a, to a cheap contract and he's out producing it by a lot, that is what you can get anything for. Yeah. I mean, you, you've seen it firsthand since you jumped in. People are willing to trade just about any guy. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, Todd Gurley's not tradable in a lot of uh, dynasty formats right now. Salary cap, he can be because he's yeah. expensive. So yeah. that was a great uh, that was a great trade, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you if you can cut if you can cut somebody, I mean, the guy that I, I traded for Todd Gurley, I gave away Dalvin Cook, but it cost me an extra fourteen million in salary cap. So, I mean, that's the guy that had Todd Gurley was right up against the cap. Yeah. So I mean, those are the kind of moves that end up working out in salary cap, but they don't work out at all. In a regular yeah. dynasty league, so, I, well, I tr- I tried, I saw that, and I was like, you know what? I'm I hit up Rich Doxson. I was like, hey, I'll give you uh, Doug Baldwin for nine million dollars less than Julio Jones. Oh, he's a he's a huge Julio. <laughs> he's fan. like hell no. He's like yeah. hell no. <laughs> he's but, a huge I mean, Julio fan. Nine million dollars and a two hundred million dollars. That's yeah, not a four and a half percent, but that's uh, oh well, nine, nine million dollars. <laughs> that's what looking at Rich's roster. That's what he's paying Hunter Henry. So. Right. That's the, you know, would you trade Doug Baldwin and Hunter Henry for Julio Jones right now? No. Nope, neither would I. I wouldn't. No. <laughs> nope. So, right. but you never know what $9 million will get you. I mean, there's Tyrod yeah. Taylor is also $9 million on somebody's <laughs> roster. So, oh, man. Uh, I won't mention that person's name. I don't know who yeah. it was, but I know I saw that one earlier and thought, how That's did he not stuff. cut him yet? All right. So let's talk about getting rid of a player. Okay. Um, so we've already talked about how, how we set up um, contracts and, um, you know, the value of rookie picks and free agents and all this stuff. But when it comes to the time to get rid of a player, you've decided that it's time to move on. How do you approach it um, in your leagues? Is there any, I know you kind of mentioned at the start of the show that you have an IR cut. Uh, productivity cut uh, explain how you approach it and how that works and what percentage is going to be given to the player even after he's off your team so we have a lot of different types of cuts in my leagues um and that's why i can't have it all done on my fantasy league because i have to keep track of all the different cuts uh and they all have to be manually adjusted if it's done on mfl so the way my leagues are set up Basically, like I said, we have a $200 million salary cap. You pay essentially 10% of that amount uh, of the contracts you sign as your entry fee. So if you spend $200 million and that's your only amount of contracts, you don't have any dead cap anywhere. It's just 200. You would spend $20 to be in the league. But what happens is we almost entice people to make big cuts. Um, and I'm talking to those guys that are on big contracts and go on IR. 
we also, I, it's also a way that I want people spending on old people, <laughs> the old guys. Uh, if you, if your guy retires or they're cut while they're on IR, your salary cap goes to zero. So you get your cap hit all the way back. Your contract hit stays the same. So, you know, in the example I described earlier of Aaron Rodgers, if he was at like $48 million yep. that year that he went on IR, that was real money costing the guy $4.80 a year to have the guy. I don't, these aren't expensive leagues sure. <laughs> because they're, they're fun. Right. Um, and I want to play in a bunch of them. So that's not a real $200. It's sure. 10% of that. Uh, right. But if you think about it in terms of that, so he's paying when he signs that contract for Aaron Rodgers, you know, if it's $48 million for three years, he is paying $4 and 80 cents for Aaron Rodgers the next three years, no matter what. Like that money is paid for as soon as the contract is signed. But if he cuts him because of an injured reserve cut, he gets 48 million back in cap space, which he then goes and spends again on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know that $4 and 80 cents that just builds and builds and builds yep. and builds. So back in the league. Yeah. While it seems like it would be about $20 a team, it ends up working out to be usually closer to 30 uh, because people end up having so much money that they've cut based on retirement and IR. So those are the, those are the big, big, big ones. They, they save you all the cap. Plus then the guy comes back in the, uh, you know, in the free agency auction next year, which is fun. We like to have that, have a lively pool of players. Uh, What I also have an amnesty cut, which David got to partake in. Uh, That's something I give to owners that would take over an orphan. Let's face it, because my leagues are unforgiving, (laughs) it looks ugly if you take over a team and they've got, you know, $80 million spent on two guys that you don't like. That's that's tough to recover from. So the amnesty cut is the same way. It goes all the way to zero. David got to do two of those when he joined the league. Uh, I think that's a pretty fair amount. You know, you can't just go to whatever and cut Mm -hmm. all of them because that would give you such an enormous advantage the next year that that's not fair to the rest of the league. Um, we also play for an amnesty card. Now, David's cuts were not, David's amnesty was not tradable, even though he tried, uh, (laughs) that, that wasn't tradable. That's kind of just a, that's a, that's a little like, okay, welcome to the league, shape this roster a little bit, make it your own. But the non-playoff teams play for what we call the amnesty card. Um, and if you win the, the playoffs for the non, you know, kind of like the toilet bowl, your prize is the amnesty card, which you can then use to cut any player and reduce their cap hit to zero, even if he's healthy. So an example is this past year, somebody won it. I traded them. uh, I think it was Mike Evans, Mike Evans or Stefan Diggs. I don't remember. Uh, I had one year left on both of those receivers and they were both like 28, $29 million. I traded them the player and I kept the salary just to get the amnesty card. And then I cut Kareem hunt because he was costing me way too much money. And Mm -hmm. at the time he was still unsigned. He had not yet signed with Cleveland Browns. So, uh, you know, I went out of my way to acquire that because I had to change that contract of Kareem hunt. It was going to be a noose around my neck for like two more years if I didn't make the move to do it. So I basically sacrificed my 2019 so that in 2020, I will have that cap space, you know, and a lot of, I have it in 2019 also, but I'm eating basically the the cap hit that I gave away from it. 
So that's those are those are the three cuts that go to zero. Then we also have what we term in our in my leagues as productivity cuts. And those are the cuts where the guy's just not performing up to the contract. You know, you sign him for $10 million a year. He's not getting any targets. You want money back as fast as you can. So you want to cut him. Uh, if you cut before week seven, again, we try to entice people to cut uh, because we like that money rising up and we like the free agent pool to be fun next year. Uh, so by week seven, if you do it, you actually get 25% back in season. Uh, and then the next year, you get 50% of that cap hit back. The year after that, you get 75% of that back. And the year after that, you would get all of it back. Now, I mean, obviously, if he's only got one year left on the deal, then you just get this year's refund, and that's it. Next year, he would be at zero anyways because he's not on your contract. Uh, if it's after week seven, once, you, once you've decided... Uh, you're going to hold on to him, then you're paying the entire amount in the current year. After that, then it goes by the scale of seven, you know, 25% back, then 50% back, then 75% back. <coughs> so the goal is the the goal is to give a little bit of an enticement to make a cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you'll see it in these leagues because eventually, you know, a couple of bucks saved here and there, it starts to add up. And when people start to look two and three years out. That's when it really makes a difference because if you cut somebody before week seven this year, you're going to end up having a lot more sick cap space two years from now because you made that decision fast. If you, the longer you wait, the more that contract's going to hurt you if the guy's not performing. Right. That makes sense. So <clears throat> how about, um, so you have 75% for, and that's, I appreciate the in-depth. Um, yeah. <laughs> the end that's that def- definitely in that there's easier yeah. ways to do yeah. it definitely no, easier ways to do it but that's no, good we it's wanted good. to it's kind good. of tear the contract yep. off yep so this i mean I, I think this is this is one thing you you this kind of stuff this is for somebody that is running it off of google sheets excel like this is all things that you were going to need to do that mfl doesn't cover and so you, I'm going to take otherwise the other, I'd have to go and adjust it and then adjust it again the next exactly. year and, and remember, adjust it again but, the next year. Yep. Yeah. And remember who does what and, and when and all that. And I, so I'm going to take the other approach, which is I do all of my cuts in year one or, or in the same year. If you're taking a hit on a huge contract, that hit comes off immediately and you're getting penalized a multiplier of the person's contract times the percentage it was the percentage times the multiplier of the years signed. So, for example, Andrew Luck has a $1,875 cap out of 10000 and he was signed to a five-year contract. Um, and this was the year that he um, ended up not playing. <laughs> so it was impossible to get out from him, like absolutely impossible, because multiply whatever, $600 times five, that's a huge portion of your, your cap. And so it didn't work out, but for a commissioner, if you do it that way, then you don't have to remember how much money is getting carried into and penalties for each team, all that stuff. It's very clean and it's a lot easier. Yes. You have to do more work in season because every time there's a cut, you have to go make an adjustment and, I round my, so my, my percentage for a cut player at any point in time is 35%. And it rounds down to the nearest 100. 
and this is out of 10,000. You deal in millions, I deal in small bucks, but <laughs> it is more expensive. Our league's a little bit more expensive. We drop uh, all the zeros off too. And if you notice, we don't even use the million. The million's I, just like when you yeah. just, it's, it's just, just a you it's a unit it's 200 you units could, could i mean like it's, for all it's, it's literally i don't yeah, i don't even know why we say million i think I that's just like that's i don't know it i think that's cool. just i think that's what wait if you go like look it up like an auction sheet like uh right. like even a redraft auction sheet right like it says like 200 million as the budget million. it's like but it's, it's, not it's million, just but... it's just 200 units yeah. that's all it is it, it's it's a fake currency of unit <laughs> It's two hundred million dollars. <laughs> it's whatever it is. <laughs> um, so we do a smaller penalty, but you have to multiply, and you're taking that hit immediately. Yeah. So it still is very expensive, and it hurts your team to do it. But what I've found is that it's impossible to get out of high contract players. Period. Uh, until they get into the second or th- or last year of their deal. Um, and, you know, it's it's kind of funny, too, because we we have everybody's scared to give people a long contract because of this. And so to kind of to your point where you're getting more players in the player pool, we're getting more players in the player pool for a different reason entirely because people aren't committing huge um, contracts and long contracts in the same term. So it's really interesting how these like dynamics are playing out mm-hmm. in these different leagues. But it's. It's kind of accomplishing the same thing to where it, it is a big penalty. But for me as a commissioner, I run everything off of MFL, so it's a little bit easier for me. Um, so if you're kind of in my boat, you, you might want to look into that strategy. If you want to go real crazy, I do like the amnesty card. That is pretty cool. Um, I've already just yesterday, I posted in our league message board, um, uh, throwing that up there is maybe a prize for one of our stuff. So I'm stealing that idea. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. People, people liked that idea when I instituted it, it was, it was pretty cool. I mean, people definitely played for it. You could tell like people, yeah. the, the people that weren't in the playoffs, they wanted it. It's a mm-hmm. valuable, valuable, and that is a tradable asset, you know, and you so can trade it. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's definitely that gets put in there as like a custom player on MFL, you know, yep. amnesty card 2018, and it sits on your roster. Uh, it's an exempt. It's not a roster spot, but it it sits there and it can be traded and uh, at any time. So I, I have thought about doing kind of what you do, where you can take the hit all in one year. Um, where basically my thought was add up all the percentages of what you would spend for the rest of the contract. You know, so say okay. you have a guy for the next four years. So and if you had him at ten million for four years, that's just easiest math. So yep. if you cut him, it would cost you, you know, seven and a half this year, five next year, and two and a half the next year. I'll hit take that whole hit in year one if you want to. But when I started looking at a lot of the numbers, like you said, it becomes impossible to cut them then. Like yep. I mean, it's, if I gave the option, you could still cut them. But the majority of time, those kinds of big name players, they become uncuttable then because yep. <laughs> the person doesn't have enough cap space to take that kind of a hit. Yeah. So. Uh, it is, and it, it totally, they both, it definitely accomplishes the same thing going about it in two different ways, which is kind of cool. Uh, you know, that's what makes salary cap leagues unique and <laughs> difficult to talk one yeah. league to another, yeah. but you can kind of compare ideas and always make up your own. That's what makes it fun. Uh, do you have a deadline for cutting players? Uh, we do have a deadline. I don't know what it is. I think it might be. I think it's week 12 in my most recent leagues. I think my original league 
it was week 10. Um, but I think I actually have a note somewhere saying we need to vote to change that. (laughs) So I like, I like week 12 just because with the way that I have my percentage based cuts, uh, or percentage based trades, Mm -hmm. it made it real easy. You know, like one weeks, one, two, three, and four, it's 75, 25, five, six, seven, eight, it's 50, 50, um, nine, 10, 11, 12, it's 25, 75. And then there's no trading after that. So, and that's, that's, you know, one week before the playoffs, by then people kind of know what their rosters are going to be like. So I, um, I allow, uh, I don't, I have no limits on transactions at all, like at any point in the year. And this is kind of really interesting because it, it does create a lot of frenzy towards the end of the season, especially during playoffs, because you can make trades in the playoffs mm-hmm. and you can make cuts up until the, up until new year's. Yeah, we still have um, cut. We have cuts and waivers throughout. That never ends. Okay. Okay. So you don't have a. So you don't really have a deadline for when you can cut your cut guys. No, Just no, a trade deadline, essentially. It doesn't. Whether if you cut a guy anytime from week eight until week one of the next season, well, from week eight until week seven of the next season. Okay. There's no. There's no benefit. There's no cap benefit between that time frame so yeah it makes sense yeah because it does, it does like, carry I'm, over i yeah. got you so that's when basically so in our so because i went i have it set up to where the cap hit is taken in that year mm-hmm. i have to have like some kind of a deadline because the 19 18 to 19 that year you know you we're starting everybody starts fresh with the same amount mm-hmm. so it, if i allowed them to you know i i'm allowing them to cut like, all right, so it's getting towards the end of the year. We like we don't know what free agency is doing. We don't know who's getting drafted where. Like, you're it's still a risk. Like, you might be cutting a player that might still be valuable, but if you want to get out of it, you can get out of it now. If you have the cap space, it's still a hard cap. So, um, uh, so I wanted to, like this kind of this is a good transition because I wanted to get into the league calendar and how you set up, you know, kind of month to month. What are you doing during the off season? Because this is kind of the the most fun part about for me about a salary cap league is there's so much going on in the off season compared to a normal dynasty league where you have a rookie draft and then you have waivers going out the year and then you start the season. There's not as much to do as there is in a salary cap league. So free agent auction, rookie drafts are happening. Um, our tagged players are restricted free agent auction. That's a whole separate auction. What are you doing during the off season? um in your leagues and kind of talk us through like kind of how that sets how that looks so i start out the uh the off season with (laughs) just some little like bonus fun games basically to have some league activity um we do a playoff challenge an nfl playoff challenge where basically it's just you know it's fantasy football for the nfl playoffs you pick one player from each playoff team and that's your roster uh, and then we have a you know scoring system that you whoever wins that gets an extra one million dollar in cap space. It doesn't sound like a lot, and it it's not. I mean, it's only half a percent of your total budget. Sure, but it's fun to do, and it, it gives a little bit of a prize. Uh, then in February, we are now doing we do a best ball league. So whoever we're drafting, you know, just a regular best ball league that matches the scoring settings and lineup settings and everything for our league. Whoever wins that will get an extra million, you know, next year because we won't know the results until then. 
in March, we actually will play a March Madness game based around the NCAA tournament. Again, whoever wins it gets a gets an extra million dollar cap space this year. So those are kind of like the non-league things that are just fun. Um, there there isn't a lot to do right away because I, I think sure. for me for me in a salary cap league because my league is so unforgiving. Uh, we do try to kind of hold off on some of the big decisions. I don't want to sign players before I know their landing spots. I don't want to really shape my roster until I know kind of the outlook of the next year in the NFL. And you can't do much then until at least after the draft. Uh, right. So April, April is when free agency in the NFL occurs. We actually have a little bit of a time where now I give, um, I want to entice trading based around that. That's when a lot of guys, all of a sudden there's a hype about a guy, you know? And if there's hype in the NFL about a guy, I want there to be something reflecting that in the league. So we have a, the April's our 10% off month. <laughs> Basically, if you trade a guy, trade for a guy in April, your cap hit will only be 90% of what his salary is. So basically you're going to get a 10% discount for anybody that you trade back. Uh, we do have a little stipulation that says that the trading owner cannot get that guy back then. Uh, so if you trade a guy away, you can't get him at a, you can't have him sent right back to you at a discount. So you know. if you're trading a player for player, do both people get yeah. a discount? Okay. Both, got, both guys get a discount, but then they can't get that player back for a year okay. or for the rest of this year. So you're basically saying, you know, I'll, I'll take your guy, you take my guy, we'll swap, swap and we're both going to save 10% on the cap. That's Which is cool. fine if you have yeah. you know if you have two even players and they're evenly sure. priced and yep. you can work out a deal where you're saving that money. Right. That's worth doing. That's kind of neat. Of course, then that you know adds a little bit of extra money for you to spend. Sure. Raises the contract yep. cost of what you uh because your contract price isn't going to change. Okay. <laughs> um, just the cap hit will change. So it's another way to kind of increase a little bit of more money into the prize pool. Uh, so so then after the actual NFL draft. That's when we have our declaration of franchise players. That's probably yep. going to be kind of boring this year, unfortunately, because this will only be year two of the league that you're in. And like we've already talked about, not a lot of guys are going to get declared as franchise players. Sure. Most guys that are franchise worthy, you know, they got they got signed long ago. Yeah. Uh, in June, July, August, that's when we will sometime in there. Hopefully the later, the better. July is kind of the time that I prefer to do it. Mm. Um, I don't want to wait until right before the NFL season to start the auction, the rookie free agent auction. It's going to take, you know, probably three weeks or so. So I like to, I try to do that in July. If we could ever do it live, it's a lot of fun, but yeah. it never works out where we can all get together and do it live. So we end up doing it on my fantasy league, which is what takes it a little bit longer then. So that's kind of, that's kind of the big, the big thing uh, is that that's the big event of the entire year is that rookie free agent auction. Cause we don't have any type of a restricted sure. free agency. Gotcha. Auction. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, I, people in my league are bored sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes like, especially during the off season, like there's not a lot to do. You've got, I like that you've implemented a, new, a best ball league for a little bit of cap space. At least it's something, it's something to do. I have um, a couple different things moving at this time. So I've got, um, our deadline to assign your restricted and free agent tags are at the end of March. So there's definitely a huge, there's a big window, a break for, for me. Um, 
you know, January to March. And then after that, we've got the rookie draft that happens in the first week of, uh, happens one week after the NFL draft concludes, which is the first week of May. Um, Long, slow draft. And so that kind of brings us into training camps and, or OTAs, training camps, free agency is pretty much done by that point. So you got your, you know, rookies where they're going. And then we hold a initial offseason auction in um, uh, June. And then we have another offseason auction in, in August. So we don't run waivers at all for the entire offseason. All players that, you know, kind of move around teams and get signed and cut and all that stuff, they, they're, they're not able to be picked up. Um, and so there's a couple of points in the offseason where you've got some stuff to do. Um, and then we have our cut deadline for the uh, for our salary cap um, to where you have to get to under the cap. You have to get because I also I have a cap and then I limit the amount of years that you can assign per team. So it's uh, I think it's like 54 years total and we have a limit of 28 players. So uh, it just depends. Taxi squad guys do not count at all. Like their their salary doesn't account for anything and their years don't count against your year cap. Um, and so it's, uh, it's pretty cool in the off season. We've got some stuff going on. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of like the, the basic rundown, at least for, you know, for what I've got. Um, is there anything that you want to mention, um, maybe about how you run your auctions? Um, anything in particular that's maybe a little bit different? Uh, the way I do my auctions, uh, if you can do it live, now live is best. <laughs> Um, yeah. anybody, if you have a group of friends that are local get together, do a live auction. Cause I mean, it, it's a lot of fun. We don't have a cap on years for ours. Um, again, it goes back to, I kind of want people to spend money and sign people to four year deals. I want, I want everybody to sign everybody to four year deals that are put them over the cap constantly. So that's just more money coming into the league and uh, puts them in a worse spot for me to compete against them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so uh, unfortunately my fantasy league, you can't do something completely reflective on just the auction board with the way that my auctions are set up. Because since we don't have just an assigned number of years, we actually auction the contract completely. I mean, it, we, we auction money, then we auction years and if you get to a certain point, I think we discussed this in the previous mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. If you get to a certain point, it goes back to money. If if the guy's contract becomes, you know, the max amount of years and it's expensive, it just goes straight back to money, which is fantastic because then it's just more bidding. Um, you know, that's why that's such an event. And that's why it does take, you know, a few weeks over the summer to do it. We also have pretty deep player pool to do it with because of we don't have as deep of rosters as you uh we do 20 uh roster spots up to 21 over 20 unless you have a devy player so we also have that involved um <laughs> where in that they come in our regular rookie free agent auction that is crazy so we yeah. have we have no devies like how does it make sense to have a devy <laughs> how does oh, that have a devy player I don't have any. It's just dead money. (laughs) Uh, I don't. Yeah, you're. I mean, I mean, I guess it's it's a calculated risk. But do you really believe that like nothing ever can happen to a player before they're actually producing on an NFL field? 
So this is the first year that I that I allowed that I did with the Debian. Basically, I told every owner, here's a Google Sheet. Put down five names that you might nominate because you're only allowed to nominate one. You're not allowed to nominate more than one in the in the rookie free agent Devi auction. So there's a maximum of 14 Devi players per year that will go up. So it's it's really, really light, light, light Devi. Okay. But it's in there because it is fun and it's just extra money. I mean, I, it, I, I'll be honest with you, I'll probably bid on somebody. <laughs> So, I, I play in Debbie leagues. I, I love following college football and, and I love the draft process. So like, this is kind of like my sore spot. I I'll probably end up spending money on somebody, but so the, just, the advantage uh, to so, Debbie so that terrible. we have, the advantage we have to Debbie is you can give them a fifth year, uh, when you, when you sign them. And I'm pretty sure every Debbie player that got signed was signed for five years. Yeah. Right off the bat. Now it's four four years maximum for any NFL player uh, or rookie incoming rookie. <coughs> okay, so the the Debbie aspect is fun. So it, it is so tempting because you're going to end up getting a lot of guys for cheap, but you are right. definitely giving away money that you're you're just guaranteeing you're not going to have them. So everybody thought Justin Herbert was coming out this year, right? Yep. So that was you know that was just assumed. He was one for eleven million dollars. That's five and a half percent of your cap, and he was assigned for five years, but he didn't come out. So last year, somebody basically gave away five and a half percent of their cap. Twenty nineteen, they're giving away five and a half percent of their cap, and eleven million—that's cheap for a quarterback in a fourteen-team superflex. If he had come out and he was the number one overall pick, that would that deal would have looked fantastic. Um, you know, like I, I'm realizing now I'm probably going to have to adjust that rookie scale because I forgot it'll be slightly Debbie depleted. <laughs> um, so I am going to have to change that rookie scale that we talked about earlier because that's not, that's not quite fair, uh, in a Debbie depleted at all. But other guys like Tua, uh, you know, nobody, you know, everybody knows he wasn't coming out. So last year you knew that you were committing at the minimum two years of payment to Tua just to try to get him mm-hmm. for 2020, 2021, and 2022. That's right. the most you're going to be able to get him for. So he only went for $3 million. So that's not, I mean, that's not a bad contract. That's fantastic if he stays yep. healthy for two years. Yep. If he comes out and he's the number one pick, and, you know, let's say the Giants, for some reason, go with Eli Manning all of 2019 and yep. then draft Tua. And Tua's the number, you know, Tua's the quarterback at the Giants for 2020. Imagine having him for that $3 million, one and a half percent of your cap space. Oh, be ridiculous. I mean, that's, that is utterly ridiculous, but it's only for three years. That's it. Right. Like, and then, then he hits well, the three three years. <laughs> But in that three years, you know, you that's can do a, a lot. So league, really like even two years is a long time. Like it is. It's, it's so amazing to me thinking about, um, you know, owners that sign these guys to like four or five year deals it is so long. Like it is, it, it is, there's so much that happens. Like there's so many different variants in value for a player during that time. It's, it's amazing. Salary cap has definitely um, uh, opened my eyes to like a whole new, you know, way to look at 
players and kind of like you had mentioned like it's not really fair um it's, and it's it, they're not treated like people anymore <laughs> it's 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 so bad it's, it's so terrible like, yeah it is it's it's so wrong but <laughs> it's it's the con it's, it's their con it's they come down the contracts when you play salary cap but yeah I, I still appreciate all the work these guys do and um you know if i didn't enjoy watching them play I probably wouldn't play fantasy football. So I think, I mean, I think they, they like it. I mean, I mean, as an NFL cool. player, I mean, it's kind of cool. They're like, Oh yeah, shit. Yeah. I think we're definitely yeah. getting to a generation of yes. NFL players now that grew up probably playing some fantasy football. So you can definitely see a shift in the mentality of the players. There are some that totally get it and yeah. play into it, which is, I mean, yeah. it's fun. Like I mean, Juju. That's, yeah, that's why Juju, everybody loves him. I mean, yeah. he kind of plays along with you, you know? Yeah. So it is pretty It is pretty cool. All right, John, thank you so much again for uh, spending some time with me today. I really appreciate you coming on and talking all these different commissioner aspects and setup for the different, um, you know, unique ideas that you have and implement in your salary cap leagues. Uh, before we go, I definitely want to encourage everybody to – uh, hit you up, follow you on Twitter, and also check out the different podcasts. Again, if you want to real quick, just pitch um, those shows one more time. And uh, you can find John at John Bosch FF. Um, but real quick, just let's mention one more time where they can find you. Yeah, so you can hear my recordings on Dynasty Game Night, uh, either the solo feed or my better recommendation is the Dynasty League Football DLF family of podcasts. Uh, that's a feed that has all the DLF podcasts on it, which is great because you're going to get multiple podcasts a day. It'll definitely fill up your commutes. Uh, and then also on the Dynasty Trade Calculator pod feed, you will find the Dynasty Wall Street podcast that I do. Um, one other thing I should mention uh, is one thing I have in not just my salary cap leagues, but all of my leagues. We now definitely donate some money to Fantasy Cares. Uh, a portion of our entries. Basically, when you play in one of my leagues now, I just take $10 from everybody. It pays for the league fee on my fantasy league, which is normally going to be like, you know, 60, 70 bucks. And then we ship whatever is left over to fantasycares.net. That's a charitable cause that Scott Fish started and is spearheaded. And I've jumped in and started doing some work with him over the last couple of years. Uh, if you're looking for something to do in that dead time of June, that's another reason I don't schedule a lot of stuff in my leagues in June because I'm pretty busy in June uh, running the Fantasy Cares Eliminators, which are best ball leagues that you can join for 10 bucks and play in a league against a fantasy football celebrity. Um, you know, a lot of the podcasters that you listen to, they will fill up a league. So and a, a good portion of that money goes to the charity. You can also win money in them, which is fun. Uh, but we, we do a lot to try and raise a lot of money for Fantasy Cares and go out and buy a bunch of toys for toys for Tots. So That's if you great. haven't already done so, highly recommend. Just give a small portion of your league. You know, if you're if you're in a $50 buy-in league, donate 50 bucks. Donate one of the buy-ins or half of the buy-in to Fantasy Cares. Put it out to your league. Nobody's going to fight it. And mm -hmm. at the end of the year, nobody's going to notice that their prize is $25 less or whatever. It, it's not going right. to matter. But it makes a big difference when they all start adding up. That's awesome. Yeah. I, um, I heard, I heard about fantasy cares, um, a couple of years ago and I'm definitely going to start implementing them into a couple more of my leagues. Um, it's, it's a great cause, definitely worthy. Um, 
you know, especially at that time of year when you're getting around Christmas time and New Year's, winter months, there's definitely a big need for some support for people that are in lower income families and stuff. And so I, I think that's awesome. Um, well, very cool, my friend. I appreciate, uh, again, appreciate your time. Uh, if you guys want to follow us, you can find us at FF Salary Captain on Twitter. Uh, feel free to hit us up with any questions you might have. Again, thank you very much and hope you guys have a wonderful night. Thanks for having me. Big L, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Fresh out the gate again, time to raise the stakes again. Fat my plate again. Y'all cats know we always play to win. GNG to the stars, son. Haters took this sh- too far, son. So that's all for you. I'm wiping out your whole team. Ow, splatter your dreams with lyrics to shatter your schemes. The badder you seem, the more lies you tell. The more lies you sell. Now by surprise, you fell into my death trap, right into my clutches. Stupid, you know the guard must bless every single mic he touches. I've suffered just so I could return harder. Wanna be this sh- starter? Fuck around, make you. A martyr, I'll make you famous. Turn around and make you nameless. Cause you never understood how vital to me this rap game is. Save it and hold that. You catch a hot one. Rise to chase a fake get down soon as I spot one. Clip. Do you wanna mess with this? Gangstar. One of the best yet. I'm nice like that. It's all good. In this business of rap. Full clip. Do you wanna mess with this? Gangstar. One of the best yet. I'm nice like that. I suggest you take a rest So if you stand in my way I'ma have to spray Learn that if you come against me Son, you're gonna have to pray Since back in the day I held the weight and kept my head up They wanna see the guard Catch a L, it's all a setup I give no man a thing power over me Why these f***ing so jealous I'm looking sour over me I'm bolder, G I'm like impossible to stop I'm like in the ring with you Impossible to drop I'm like two magazines Fully loaded to your one Plus I ain't gonna quit spitting Till you're done Plus more than ever I got my whole sh** together More than a decade of hits That'll live forever Catch a rep of my name You're bound to fry Know how many nicks that I know It's down to die We never fail And we ain't never been frail You niggas talk crime But you scared of jail Full clip Do you wanna mess with this? Gangstar One of the best yet I'm nice like that It's all good In this business of rap Full clip Do you wanna mess with this? Gangstar Attacking like a slick Apache Lyrics are trigger happy Blowing back your wig piece Just for the way you're looking at me Cock back blow I hit you up right now I don't know why So many of y'all Want to be thugs anyhow Face the consequence Of your childish nonsense I can make your head explode Just by my lyrical content Get you in my scope And metaphorically snipe you I never liked you I gas that ass And then ignite you The flamethrower Make your peeps afraid to know you How many times I told you Play your position small soldier My heart is colder Makes me want to resort to violence Stop beating me in the head son Nah I'm not buying it, I'm ready to blast, ready to surpass and harass, I'm ready to flip, yeah, and ready to dip with all the cash, I hold my chrome steady, with a tight grip, so watch your dome already, cause this one might hit, full clip, do you wanna mess with this, gangstar, one of the best yet, I'm nice like that, it's all good, in this business I rap, full clip, do you wanna mess with this, the gangstar, the, the, the best yet, I'm nice like that, it's all good, I suggest you take a rest. <laughs>
Um, gosh, I think, I think that's basically, I mean, it, it for now, I mean, we've gone about an hour and 20 minutes. Is there, <laughs> we could still go, but, um, is there anything, that's... is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Anything you wanted to cover? Um, and we can always, we can always talk again next off season or yeah, I'm just down the road scanning, or scanning through my bylaws just to see if there's any big things that we did not hit. I mean, there's other unique aspects to the leagues, but they're not salary cap based. Specific, so. right. Yeah. So we have like our total bowl is I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I think I'm going to do this next year. You have an option to take the last pick in the first round because that's what we have currently or an amnesty mm-hmm. card. That'll be interesting to see what people do. Because honestly, yeah. I think the the amnesty card, I mean, yeah. it it was worth a lot. Like yeah. it was but definitely it, worth a lot. But it's a it's a it's a four year contract at five hundred out of a ten. It's like it's like a half. It's a five percent guaranteed five percent for four years too. Oof, that's so that's, gonna, that's tough too. It's gonna be a tough. <laughs> that's gonna be a tough. Uh, that's gonna be a tough. Hey, I had a. I'm gonna stop recording right now. Um, oh, let me, let's do an outro real fast before you stop recording. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very cool. So John, I really appreciate the time today. Uh, thank you very much for, you know, coming on with us and talking about all the different, uh, aspects of your salary cap leagues, helping the listeners kind of formulate their own, you know, unique ideas. And, and, um, I really, like I said, I really appreciate the time, man. Um, is there anything, um, is there anything, uh, God, I just had a total brain fart. <laughs> My cat, I swear, I have a kitten, okay? So she's like, she's like six months old. She is a little shit. <laughs> and she will not leave me alone. I'm trying to like get her to go in the other room, but like she, ah, oh gosh, she's such a little fucker. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I totally botched that outro. Let me um, start over. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, I think I'm good.